Pray that every heart and mind is open to hear and to receive what God's word has to say. Uh, what I've learned uh, through my time as a born again believer is that when we allow the word of God to speak to our hearts and our minds, it has the ability to transform us. The transformative power of the word of God is out of this world. Amen. Um, you know, we can read any number of books, but there's no book that can transform us like the word of God. Amen. So uh, let's 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 go into the words. tonight. if you will turn to James chapter one. On last week, Brother Rod laid some foundation for us uh, in this book, uh, uh, starting as his first chapter. Uh, James is a book that, again, as he mentioned to us, deals with some of the how to's of the faith and some practical aspects of living out our faith. And that's critically important. But Rod told us on last week that trials produce patience and trials make you complete. Sometimes we don't like trials. Right. How many of y'all get up in the morning and say, Lord, send me the trial. But we want patience, though, right? But trials uh, produce patience and trials make us complete. Uh, and he also shared with us three ways we can let patience have its perfecting work. Don't get in a hurry because God doesn't. All right. Sometimes we get ahead of God. Don't get in a hurry. God doesn't give thanks that God is using the circumstances to make you and I more like him. Think about this for a second. God knows exactly where we are. And whatever we're going through, whatever we're facing, God is using that thing to make us more like him. All right. And thirdly, ask God to teach you what he wants you to know through everything that you're experiencing. OK, it's a lot better than rebelling during trials. Amen. Say, Lord, teach me. Everybody say, Lord, teach me. OK. And we go on. We talked about asking for wisdom. We, we talked about enduring temptations. So we left off with temptations. So that's what I want to pick up on uh, tonight uh, and just kind of expound a little bit as we go to the end of this chapter. We're going to this section here is called listening and doing. Everybody say listening and doing. Um, if you look at verse 13 of this first chapter and let's pick up our reading there. Verse 13 of this uh, first chapter, it says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else to do wrong. All right. So God, our father in heaven does not try to entice us to do evil. Our father in heaven will test our faith. Our faith will be put on trial, but your faith being tested is different than being enticed to do something that's wrong. God does not bring temptation to our doorstep and say, I'm going to see if you're going to fall for it or not. That's what the enemy does. God brings trials. He brings tests and tests are designed to help promote us. Right. Anybody that's ever been to school know that you take tests in order to promote, be promoted to the next grade. Right. And so God will bring tests into our life. Uh, to promote us. He doesn't bring trials into, I mean, he doesn't bring temptations to our life to get us to fall or to get us to fail. No good teacher, no good father wants to see their child fail, right? You, you teaching lessons so they can be promoted to the next level, so they can be uh, set, set up to, to, for that next text, okay? So again, 
When we look at this, it says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempted me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Verse 14, let's read it out loud on purpose. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Verse 15 says, these desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. 16. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Okay, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God, our father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Verse 18. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we out of all creation became his prize possession. Mankind is his prize possession. Everybody say prize possession. Now, look at your outline. We say here that the temptation is of man and of his own lust. Okay, Uh, the three significant steps involved in temptation and sin in three steps that we that if you're not going to be successful and be able to consistently conquer temptation, we got to understand these three steps. First thing is this. There is lust and enticement. Okay, everybody say lust and enticement. Every man, no, without exception, is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust and enticed. The word lust, uh, which is the Greek word epithumia, which you all have been uh, hearing us teach on the five words for love. We know epithumia has to do with sexuality. Okay, so the word lust means to crave either good or evil. Okay, there are good desires and there are bad desires. The word enticed. Uh, is a Greek word. I'm going to try to do my best to pronounce it. I think it's uh, Delia Zaminos. That's good enough, isn't it? Uh, would y'all give me a hand for that with Delia Zaminos? Just say it real fast. It rolls off the tongue. Nobody really knows what you're saying, but I just, Delia Zaminos. All right, all right. That <laughs> it means to lure and to bait just like a person lures and baits a fish. How many of y'all are fishermen out there? How many of y'all fish? Okay. Um, when you, when you fish, uh, the type that uh, now I don't, it's been it's been years since I've fished. But if you if you're fishing for certain kinds of types of fish, don't you have to use different lures? Is that correct? I got I got some fishermen nodding my head. The rest of y'all say I don't know, Pastor. I just eat the fish, okay? But you use different types of lures to get in the track that certain type of fish. Well, uh, well, when, when you look at this, uh, in the word entice, it, it has uh, it, it gives us the picture of of, of being uh, enticed or being uh, being uh, sought after by the enemy to try to get us to to go after some things that he wants us to go after that are not good for us, and not healthy for us spiritually. OK, the picture is this. A man has good desires and normal. You know, we have good, natural, normal desires. All of us do. Right. Is that correct? OK, so. Uh, if we all have good desires, natural and normal desires, uh, therefore, when 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 we begin to think about and look at something, um, those are we can have some natural desires for certain things. But what happens is, is when we uh, you know, whenever those desires uh, begin to focus on and to dial in on that thing which is forbidden by God. Right. Or it's harmful for us. That's when the problem arises. If we look at and think about that thing which is forbidden or that thing which is harmful, then uh, then uh, we begin to lust and we begin to be enticed and we begin to be lured to go after that thing. 
Are y'all listening to me tonight? And so that's the very beginning stage of temptation. When man, man takes his desire and focuses on something that is forbidden. All right. We go back to the Garden of Eden. If you think about this, uh, God gave Adam and Eve free reign of all of the garden. Okay. Except the one tree, the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Right. That's the one tree that, that they were not allowed to t- partake of. But it's interesting that when the enemy came around and began to talk to Eve, he focused her attention on the one thing in the garden that was forbidden, Brenda. He, they had all rain, free reign of every tree in the garden. And all of a sudden, their focus got attention. Their focus was placed on the thing that was forbidden. And so when our focus goes toward the things that is forbidden, that's when that that lust and enticement begins to percolate. And we begin to think about that things. The second thing that we, we look at and we see is there is the conception of lust and the birth of sin. The conception of lust. And the birth of sin. Okay. The first point, uh, number one, we look above is, is, is what is called the conception of lust. It's a picture of birth. When a person actually begins to look at and think about the forbidden thing, uh, uh, desire and lust are conceived in his mind. All right. So let's, let, let's, can we be a little transparent tonight as much as y'all will allow uh, yourselves and us to be transparent? Have you ever begin to desire something that you know was harmful for you or was forbidden by God's law? Okay, I, I got a few yes. Okay, uh, well, everybody faces temptation, right? So temptation comes when we focus on those things that are that are prohibited by God's law. Because they're outside his will or they're harmful for us. Okay? So when we focus on those things, then what begins to happen in the concept of, of temptation is we begin to paint a mental picture in our minds. All right. Are y'all listening to me tonight? Can we be honest? All right. So a mental picture begins to develop in our minds. And then as that mental picture begins to develop in our mind, we begin to think about what we're seeing, right? And as we think about what we're seeing, then our, 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 our desire for that thing begins to become even more intense. Are you with me today? How many of y'all used to drink? And, uh, I mean, you drank strong liquor. Okay. Um, and how many of you, uh, even today, Sometimes if you uh, find yourself looking at or go into a store and see something that you used to drink, uh, does your body ever begin to to just for a second think about going back and trying that one more time? Has it it ever came up to where where, you know, uh, where where you you sit there and you begin to remember some things? Huh? Anybody ever been there before? Would you be honest with me? All right. And, and so so what will happen is if you, if you let that thing linger there, if you don't bring that thought into captivity, it begins to, to paint a picture in your mind and a movie begins to play in your thought life. 
And then all of a sudden, if you don't capture that thing, that movie gets out of hand. Right? Okay. Right. So y'all don't want to be honest about temptation, okay? Uh, uh, so maybe it wasn't alcohol. Maybe it was a person. Hello? I said maybe it was a person where this conception of lust and the birth of sin begins to be conceived in your mind. And you begin to picture the pleasure of that desire. Amen. And, and that's when sin is actually born, guys. Whenever, first of all, the fault comes and then uh, the temptation itself is not sin, but it's yielding to it. Right. But 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 notice you don't necessarily have to commit the act to enter into sin. I mean, because here's what Jesus said. Can, can, we, can, we, can we look at what the master said? Go to Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse number 28, right quick. Matthew 5 and 28. Look at what the master told us in Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse number 28. Because, again, you can move from temptation to actually lusting and into sin before you know it. Look at what Jesus said. Uh, let's back up. Go to the previous verse, if you will. Okay. You have heard the commandment that says... You must not commit adultery. Is that what it says? All right. Look at what Jesus says. But I say, listen to what Jesus says. He says, but I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust, all right, has already did what? Committed adultery with her in his heart. He didn't say, if you look at a woman, you committed adultery. He said, if you look at a woman with lust, so what is lust? It's when you look at a woman and you begin to let that picture begin to play, that movie begins to play in your mind. And you begin to focus on that which is forbidden and allow it to play in your mind, over your mind, then that's when the lust comes. And Jesus said, I didn't say it, he said, you committed adultery already with her in your will. In your heart. All right. All right. So, 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 uh, um, uh, that being the case, uh, we got to guard and and make sure that we put put ourselves front and center and be careful what we allow our eye gate to focus on. Can I get a witness? So there's a conception of lust and the birth of sin. And and, and third, there is the result of lust and, and enticement, which is death. Okay. Uh, man dies physically, spiritually, and eternally because of what? Sin. When God created man, he did not create man to die. Man has chosen to die, all right? And he dies because of sin, all right? Sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, okay? So again, let's, let's wrap this up as we go to this next section here. The point is this, okay? Note this. Temptation begins with the normal and natural desires of a man and with his thoughts. That's where temptation begins, okay? A person sees, smells, tastes, hears, touches, or thinks about something, something that is forbidden and harmful, and he fails to turn away and flee from it, all right? It may be something simple as hearing or listening to suggestive music. How many of y'all know music can bring Suggested thoughts to our minds. 
You know, uh, back back in the 70s, I think it may have been the 80s, Marvin Gaye had a song called Sexual Healing. And the words of that song goes something like this. He says, baby, let's get down tonight. Oh, oh, baby, let's get down tonight. He says, baby, I'm hot just like an oven. Baby, now let's let's get down tonight. Baby, I'm just hot like an oven. I need some loving. And baby, I can't hold it much longer. It's getting stronger and stronger. And when I get that feeling, I want sexual healing. That's what he said. And see, there are other songs that you begin to hear, amen, and they come into your ear gate, and they produce, amen, a thought pattern. Something simple as the words of a song can begin to produce that movie that you begin to play over and over in your mind. And then now we, we move from a thought to lust to sin. Are y'all still tracking with me tonight? Okay. So, so, so as we get back here to the book of James, realize this, amen, that in, uh, if we as believers don't learn how to, to control our thought life, it's going to lead us to a, a, a place where we are, we are contemplating sin. Are y'all tracking with me tonight? Okay. Uh, instead of fleeing, sometimes what you end up doing is, is allowing your mind to conceive that thing that is forbidden. And so when you picture that in your mind and begin to have a desire in your heart, then it turns into lust and then lust turns into what? Sin. Okay. So we got to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to go there. Right. All right. So get back to the, go back to James right quick and we'll, we'll keep moving here. Uh, go back to James uh, chapter number one again. Uh, verse number 15, James 1, verse 15. Glory to God. Everybody say, listening and doing. This is critically important because what I found out in the church today, there are a lot of folks who come and listen, but a lot of people are not doing the word that is being preached and being taught and being imparted to them on a regular basis. Look at the text. It says, it says these desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to what? Death. Verse 16, let's go. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Verse 18, let's read. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we out of all creation became his prized possession. So let's get down into this next part of this, uh, of this, of this first chapter. The preparations that are necessary to withstand trials and temptation. There are some things that we can do that can help us to withstand trials and temptations. Okay? Because if we're not prepared, that's when we're most vulnerable to falling, which I'll agree. If I don't prepare myself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, then I'll be in a position where I could, I'll fall to the temptation that comes my way. Are y'all listening to me today? Okay. So let's get, let's get into the meat of it. Look, uh, so the, the first thing, the first thing we'll look at is preparation number one. What do we got to do in order to prepare ourselves so that we don't fall into temptation? Now we know temptation doesn't come from God, right? We already discovered that. We discovered that. The temptation comes when we're drawn away of our own lust because in our heart is some evil stuff, right? Jesus talked about the fact that in our heart, out of the heart flows some stuff that's, that, that, that's, that's not right, that is evil. So we got to make sure that we are getting ourselves geared up 
to be able to, to, to handle the temptations that come our way. Okay. Now, uh, let, let's go a little bit further. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Is that right? Read it out loud with me. It says, what? understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get what? To get angry, okay? Now, now watch this. It, the first thing we say is be quick to hear the word of God. Uh, the word quick means be ready. Be ready to hear the word of God. Now, honestly, I think we all honestly with ourselves, there are times when we roll up in here and we're not really prepared to hear the word of God. We haven't positioned ourselves to receive word, which I'll agree. There are times when we come to church. Uh, come to Bible class, come to our Sunday school class, where our minds are preoccupied with other stuff. Would you would you be honest and, t- and tell the truth? It's preoccupied with the with the the vicissitudes of life, the stuff that we go through, the challenges that we have. I mean, uh, sickness in our body, pains or aches, whatever it is, relationship issues, and all those things. If we're not careful, will dominate our mind such that. When we come to the house of worship, we're not really ready to hear the word of God because we've allowed all this other stuff to cloud out, amen, God's word, amen, and what he wants us to know. Would y'all agree with me? Okay. So what we got to do is make sure that when we get ready to come to church, we got to have, uh, I, I think we need to have a, like we do in football, you know, uh, when I was playing ball at Tech, we would spend 25 minutes warming up, getting ready to play the game, stretching, all right, uh, doing calisthenics, running. Uh, you can work up a sweat just warming up, getting ready to play. How many of y'all prepare for church? I'm not talking about putting your clothes out. I know you get your clothes out. My wife gets her clothes out the night before because if she tries to get them out that morning, She's under time constraints. It doesn't work well if she don't get them out the night before. I'm not talking about getting your clothes ready. I'm talking about are you preparing yourself mentally and emotionally to hear a word from God? Are you coming up into this place with a sense of expectation that God is going to speak to me and he's going to speak a word into my life to help transform the way I live? I would dare say most Christians don't come to church with that type of anticipation. We just roll them up in here because that's what we do. But preparation is important. Okay? So, so preparation number one is be quick to hear the word of God. How can a person make sure that he hears the word of God? Well, number one we say is he must be slow to speak. Everybody say slow to speak. This means that a person must be willing to listen instead of speaking his own ideas about what's right and wrong and about how a person is saved, okay? He must sit and listen instead of hanging on to his own ideas. Now, again, what am I saying? When you come to church, uh, and, and, and there are people who come into this house of worship and they have their own ideas about how things are really are. And they fail to accept what God's word says about how things should really be and how we should view those things. There are people who come to church and they allow their political party or their political persuasion to govern how they're going to receive what God's word says. 
Right. When God's word tells you to pray for those in authority and God's word tells you to pray for your president, you go, huh? Huh? When God's word tells you to pray for those in authority, when you don't like the one in authority, you won't pray for the one who's in authority and think you're right. It got real quiet because I know some of y'all are here guilty. Okay. All right. So, so what's gonna what's gonna color and what's gonna what's gonna uh, drive your thought process? See, when you come here with your mind already made up, I know what the pastor said, but he don't understand what I've been through. Uh, no, no, no. When we come to the house of worship, we got to come with the idea that I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna allow the word of God properly exegeted, properly and contextually aligned. And that word that is preached, I'm going to let that word it now, amen, direct my thinking and let it direct my actions. That's the mentality we got to come into the house of worship with. But most people come into the house of worship not, not willing to let anything change the way they already think. And we allow our experiences, what we've been through, to, to galvanize our thought process rather than the word of God. You got to be willing to listen to God's word instead of insisting upon what you think. All right. All of us have ways of thinking and, and, and have ways of thinking that are outside of God's will. So so we we, we got to be slow to speak. In other words, I, I can't be sitting back there while I'm, while the pastor is preaching, talking to myself and the person next to me, bugging them, telling them, well, no, I, don't, I, don't, I ain't going to go for that. I don't believe that. No, no, no. We got to be slow to speak whenever whenever the word of God is being explained. All of us need to be like a sponge. Sitting there, okay, let, let, let me, let me get into my Bible. Let me, let me hear what the teacher or the preacher is saying and let me evaluate it based on what other scripture says. Amen. So number one, preparation number one said we must be quick to hear the word. How, how do we, be, how do we get to the point where we, uh, are sure that we, we gonna hear the word? We gotta, we gotta be slow to speak, first of all. Stop talking so much. When you're, when you're, when you're in Sunday school class, Stop having these sidebar conversations while the teacher's teaching. Y'all ever been in a class like that? Everybody else talking about something. You can't hear what the teacher's saying because you, you engage in your sidebar conversation. And it seems like when, I don't, I don't know, uh, younger people do this too, but sometimes, see, like how older people will start talking about, you know, they just have their own conversation and be loud too. Y'all ever notice that? They be always just talking just like the outdoors. Uh, excuse me, class is going on. Y'all don't, y'all don't do, y'all don't do that in the women's class, do you? I know y'all are nice and quiet and just, <laughs> y'all have all these conversations going, but, but, but we gotta be slow to speak. Amen? Uh, number two, we must be slow to wrath or anger. Okay? So, okay, what do you mean, my pastor? Well, it, I'm talking about two things. Well, first of all, a person, you and I, must not react against what God says about temptation and sin, nor about what God says about salvation. Uh, we can't react out of our emotions to what God's word says. Okay, if a person reacts against God's plan of salvation and, and you follow your own plan, or you 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 actually setting yourself up for failure. All right, so I got I got to I got to make sure that I don't respond, Amen, in a negative uh, uh, way when it comes to God's word being preached or taught to me. Okay, you can't become angry and act against others 
in, 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 in wrath either. Okay, because when you do that, when you get angry, the Bible says the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Right. When we get angry, be ye angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. So if I am in, 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 in gross with anger, I'm not going to receive anything that's coming forth from that teacher, that preacher. Y'all got me. All right, so so I, I got I got to be slow to, to wrath or anger. If you are a quick tempered person, generally speaking, you're not a person who's really engrossing yourself in the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to have its its, its perfecting work in you. Because if the Word of God is having its perfecting work in you, then you, you you're going to be slow to anger. If you're still quick tempered, hot headed, you ain't got enough word in you. Let me say it again. If you are quick tempered, if you are hot headed, always jumping off at the at the slightest thing, you don't have enough word in you. Do you realize that Jesus, uh, you know, with, who had all power entrusted in, in, in to him, kept his calm. Amen. When he was when he was being persecuted, he didn't go off. He could have called 10,000 angels to wipe everybody out just like that. But he chose not to open his mouth. Amen. Jesus kept things under control. And so if we're going to walk with him, we, we can't just pop off at the slightest thing that occurs. OK, so if you're going to if, if you're going to uh, be quick to the word, first of all, you got to be slow to get angry and mad because here's what's going to happen. Guys, I'm telling you right now, there are going to be some times when I'm going to preach and you're going to think I'm talking directly to you. As a matter of fact, you're going to get upset with me uh, because I'm, I'm sharing what God's word says. And when I share what God's word says, it, at some point in time, if I'm led by the Holy Ghost, I'm going to come knocking at your door. And I don't necessarily know that I'm knocking at your door. I don't necessarily know that I'm talking about stuff that's going on in your house, but but the Holy Ghost knows. And if I'm led by the Holy Ghost at some point in time, I'm going to talk about your business. Not you individually, but being what you're dealing with. And if you're not careful, you'll think I'm talking about you. I'm going to say it again. Nobody, hear me carefully, nobody in here is big enough for me to direct the sermon toward. I mean, none of us in there that... I hate to tell you, you're not that important. I mean, you're important to God and you're important to me as your pastor, but you're not so important that I'm going to direct a sermon towards you. If I got something to tell you, I just call you in the office and tell you and ask you about it. Why am I going to get up here and talk to you about it? Because again, we can't have a conversation while I'm up here because it's not kosher on Sunday morning for you to talk about Pastor, wait a minute, Pastor. You just said that. Were you talking about me? No, I was not talking about you. Okay, here's what the Holy Spirit gave me. As a matter of fact, you can see my notes right here. You get you got me. All right. So so we got to make sure that that we are not uh, uh, quick tempered. Okay, so we must be slow to to get angry. And and, and, now anger. Let me say this. Anger is an emotion. And all anger is not sin. Sometimes you need to get mad at some some unrighteousness and some unjustice and you need to get mad at sinful behavior. Be angry about sin. But don't but don't you sin while you're angry about sin. Cussing folk out is sinful. Because you're angry. Hitting folk. When you're not defending yourself is sinful. I got mad. He made me mad. He said something, so I threw something. That ain't right. Everybody said, that is not correct. All right. 
You got me? We, 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 as believers, we can't go there. And we, when we get angry, we can't try to get people back in a sly, slick way. Hello? Y'all with me? Okay, all right, all right. Just want to make sure you're here. Are y'all still here? Um, when we get angry, man, it, it, it's critically important for us to, to take some time uh, you know, and pull back and start praying. Because the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Okay, so we got to be slow to, to wrath and slow to anger. Because when you're angry, you're not hearing anything that the preacher is saying or the teacher is saying. You're upset. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. The Bible says a man that is offended is harder to be won over than a strong city. What, what, what's that? What's that saying? That that in that day and era when that was written, strong cities were fortified by walls, big walls, walls of Jericho. You know, Joshua and them, uh, you know, uh, blew the trumpets and the walls fell down. Cities built walls up to keep the enemy out. And so when you offend somebody, somebody gets angry and they don't deal with the anger, they get offended, then they won't hear anything that you got to say. You, 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 can be, you can talk to them from now until to this, to this time next year. If they're still offended, they're not hearing anything you got to say. So it's important for us to make sure we don't ever get ourselves in that mode. All right? So, so if we're going to hear the word of God, we must be slow to wrath and slow to anger. Y'all with me? Uh, the third thing, we, we must put aside all filthiness, okay? Now, 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 now li- listen to this. The picture here that the author is conveying here is that of taking off a dirty garment and putting it aside, okay? Each one of us must put off every dirty thing and lay it off to the side away from ourselves. See, when you have clothes that are dirty, what do you do? You take them off. And put them in a dirty clothes basket. And from the dirty clothes basket, they should go to the washing machine. Is that right? This is simple household chores, right? If it's dirty, take it off, put it in a dirty clothes basket, go to the washing machine, wash it, then dry it, and you can, you can wear it again, right? It's the idea here is, is, is putting off every dirty thing and lay it aside, okay? Now, if, if you enjoy dirt and filth, then, then, then your mind will be on dirt and filth. Are you with me? If, if, if you enjoy stuff that, that, that's, 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 that's uh, out of the will of God and, and your mind stays focused on that, there has to be a transformation that takes place. There has to be a cleansing of the mind. Okay? So we got to, we got to put aside all filthiness. The, again, the picture is of taking off a dirty garment and putting it to the side. That's the, that's the, the thing that the author is trying to convey to us here. Okay? So, so uh, put aside all filthiness. So if you got something going on in your life that's dirty and nasty and stinking, you got to put it aside. You can't hear the word of God truly when you got known practicing sin going on in your life. Stuff that you know is against the good will of God, but you, you're going to do it now. Stuff that you know that doesn't line up with God's word, but you got your little secret thing going on. Uh, you still come to church, you're singing in the choir, ushering on the usher board, deaconing on the deacon board. Uh, working with the youth, but you got some filthiness in you that, that needs to be put aside. Filthiness, sinful behavior, sinful patterns and action that we know are against God's will that we are holding on to have to be put aside if we're going to have a clear way and a clear conscience and mind to be able to receive the word of God. Okay? Don't think that you're going to be able to hear God clearly when you, got, you come to the altar with sin 
all up in, inside of you and, you and you keeping it and going back to your seat with the very same thing. So so number three, we must put aside all filthiness. Everybody say put it aside. Number four, we must put aside all that remains of naughtiness, wickedness, and evil. The idea here is this, even after putting aside all the filthiness, we talk about number three, there will still be some naughtiness or some wickedness that will show up within us. Even if you got rid of that, 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 that filthy thing, there's still some naughtiness that can, see, can be embedded down inside of you. Because you know what happens? A lot, of, a lot of us, a lot of us will, 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 will pack stuff down and don't deal with stuff that need to be dealt with. And, and when you pack it down and don't deal with it, what will happen is over a period of time, that stuff has a way of rising back up. You thought it was dead and gone, but you never really dealt with it in a proper biblical manner. So now it rises back up five years later, 10 years later, eight years later, 20 years later. Because you never dealt with it. We got to put aside all the remains of any naughtiness, wickedness that'll, that'll show up on the inside of us. We got to be alert to those things that, that'll rise up and we got to put them off and lay them aside if we're going to hear the word of God. You got to prepare yourself, amen. To, to, to withstand the trial by, first of all, being quick to hear the word. But if, you got, if you're not slow to speak, if you, if you can't, can't nobody tell you anything, you're always talking and you're not slow to speak, then you're not going to be ready to hear the word of God because you already know everything that needs to be known. Because after all, you, you. Are you with me? All right, there are some people who think that they know everything. All right, so we got to put aside all physicals, uh put aside all the knowledge and wickedness and evil that remains after we get rid of the filthy garment that we can see on the outside. There's some inside stuff that needs to be dealt with. Number five, we must receive the word of God with meekness. Okay? We must be like a child before God our Father receiving his, his word. Now sit before him meekly, not in a proud, uh, arrogant way, but come meekly before the Father. Okay? The idea here is we got to be humble. Okay? We got to have a gentle, quiet spirit and an attent- we got to be attentive in listening to the word of God. So when, when, when you get ready to come to church on Sunday, I want to challenge you to, to prepare yourself to receive the word of God. First of all, pray. When's the last time you prayed before you came to church? Don't wait till you get here before you pray. Pray at home. Say, Lord, I thank you right now that I get the opportunity to come and fellowship with my fellow EBC members. I thank you, God, that we are a family of faith, that that, that we're building faith and connecting families. Lord, I thank you that we're we're trying to become disciple believers who consistently walk in the ways of God and have kingdom impact in our homes, schools, jobs, and the community of Lord. God, I thank you that we're going to reflect our faith and lead others into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. God, I thank you that I get the privilege to go to church today. And God, when I go in there, I am anticipating a word, a rainbow word from you, a word that will transform my marriage, a word that will get, that will help me to, to get my finances right, a word that will heal my body, God. I'm looking for a word that's going to transform my life. And God, I'm coming with a system of expectations. I'm ready to go. Now, y'all, come on, let's get up and get out here to go to church. Most of us don't prepare to come to church. We just go. Huh? But what if we change our mindset? Be quick to hear the word of God. Get yourself ready. We got to receive that word of God with meekness, okay? We got we got to we got to receive that engrafted word. Amen. If you will go with me right quick 
uh, to Acts the 17 check. Acts chapter 17. Let's look at verse number 11. This is the mindset that we got to have. Acts 17. Let's start at, uh, at verse 11. Let's Acts 17, verse number 11. Now look at the mindset. Look at the difference in how the uh, people of Berea received and others received. Maybe even you. So some of y'all think, what is this Doyle Adams? He's been there for 30 years. I've heard him preach a, a thousand sermons. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm you know, I, I think, you know, really, he, he need to be thinking about it. It's time for him to leave. You know, he, I don't know. You know, just, I don't know. It just, he don't, I can't receive from him. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> uh, it, it's amazing how sometimes we'll put ourselves in a position to where we can't hear the word of God and we'll blame the one who's delivering the word of God. Now, again, we, we who deliver the word of God need to prepare. We need to, we need to make sure that we're doing our part. Every Sunday school teacher, every men's ministry leader, whoever, we got to make sure we're doing our part. But sometimes we're not receiving because we haven't prepared our hearts to receive. Okay? Think of what the text says right here. Read with me out loud on purposes. What? And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened how? Now, now wait a minute. They listened how? So eagerly is the adverb that describes how you should listen. Right? Is that right? L-Y at the end of a word usually connotates it's an adverb. An adverb describes how you do the verb. So I want to know how are you listening? I know you're listening, but are you listening eagerly? He says, and they listen eagerly to Paul's message. They, watch this, they did what? They searched the scriptures day after day. To see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. I want to ask you a question. How many of y'all search the scriptures that I give you all to see if what I'm telling y'all is actually true? You know, I don't want you to raise your hand. Because some of y'all hear Sunday's message and Sunday's message is gone. Y'all, now y'all are ready for Wednesday. And Wednesday come, Wednesday's gone. And, and that handout I've been giving y'all, uh, trying to Put some paper in your hand. We can go back and refer to it. Some of y'all put that in your Bible, fold it up, and you may look at it five years from now by accident. You ever pull a piece of paper out your Bible that you, that you forgot was in there? And it was a sermon that was preached 10 years ago. Took the notes, but you never reviewed it. Look at what the text says here. And I want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge every one of you all here at EBC. Don't let the word of God become stale in your heart. Because, you know, faith coming about hearing him by the word of God. If, if you get used to hearing word or the word becomes dull to you, you'll begin to drift from that word. And, and that's why it's good from time to time to have a guest speaker come in, because sometimes I think some of y'all get used to my voice and you tune me out. Mm-hmm. I'll just bring somebody up here that. that if I, if I was a mean pastor, I would bring somebody up here who can't preach and let them holler, holler at you for 40, 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, I don't, I don't make fun of hoopers. because I, I, I know some guys who, who hoop and are outstanding preachers. But I also know some who, who don't know Bible and they just go off of cliches and they just say stuff that people have been used to hearing all their life. But they're not getting blessed by it. 
So don't tune out, don't tune me out because you've been hearing me for the last 15 or 20 years is what I'm saying. It's easy to do. Some of y'all do this with your own spouse. <laughs> the spouse be talking, you go, you be, mm-hmm. Ain't a bit more listening. Come on now. But when you were trying to get her, you hung on every word. Yeah, I just, girl, you know, you just, the way you communicate is so awesome. You know, I ain't never had nobody speaking to my emotions like you do. And I just, I look forward to the day when, when I can spend every day with you 24-7, baby. Maybe that way. But that's, yeah, I don't know if anybody rapped like that, you know. But you, you, girl, you just, you just blow my mind. And I just, you know, I just. I love communicating with you. But now it's been 20 years into your marriage. And now when she talks, it sounds like blah, 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 What happened to you listening? What I'm saying is y'all better start listening to me again, okay? That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Some of y'all don't tune me out. No. Now, I, I am being facetious when I say that, but, 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 but I'm really not. Because when you come to church, come with a sense of anticipation. God, what are you telling me? We're going through the book of James, so what can I learn? I want to be like the people of Berea who were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. They, had, they, they were living more in tune. All right, and, and, and they listen eagerly to Paul's message. Now, the implication is, is that, the, that the folks in Thessalonica... They were all right people, but they were not as eager to search the scripture and listen to Paul's message like the people in Berea were. That's the implication, right? The people in Berea searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. And you ought to do the very same thing. I challenge you, dig in your Bible, check me out. I want you to go back and say, what did pastor said that? Let me check that out and see if that's, if that, if that's, if that's correct. Search the scriptures, okay? All right, y'all with me? All right, so, so we got uh, to receive the word of God with meekness. Number two, we got to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Some of us can't receive the word. Some of us uh, uh, can't stand, withstand trials and temptation because we're not doers of the word. We're just hearing it. Go back to Acts, uh, James 1. Come on, let's get back. And 21 and 22 is where we'll get to. Oh, start at 22, I'm sorry. James chapter 1, verse number 22. The person who only hears, but they know the word, but they're not doing the word, they're deceiving themselves. If you think that you can hear and learn the word of God and then go out and live like you want to live, you're deceiving yourself. That's self-deception. Look at what it says. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your life and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your soul. 22. Let's read it. Y'all heard this time and time again. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. I've said this before. Guys, I don't care. Doing the obedience to the word of God has nothing to do with how you feel. Because there's going to be some time God's going to require us to do some stuff that in our flesh, in our emotion, we, don't, we really don't want to do it. Come on. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, to pray for somebody who despitefully uses you. To even go to somebody who's offended you. I found out that people 
aren't ready to do that. They're not willing to do that. They'll, they'll let stuff go on and fester because they don't have the spiritual boldness just to go and say, hey, what you said offended me. You know, what you, what you, did, what you said hurt me. And we'll sit there and fester and stuff and, and be, be, be feeling, as they say, feeling some kind of way because we wouldn't be biblical and go to the person who actually offended us or hurt us. And, and I've discovered in a lot of cases, that person don't even know that what they did or said hurt your feelings. But here's what I tell people. I said, listen, are you going to be biblical? Or are you going to just be you? People who are biblical do what Jesus gave us the directive to do. I was talking to somebody uh, not just too long ago. And as I was sharing with them, I said, and they said, this person probably won't do that. I said, well, I don't have any more advice for them because that's what Jesus said do. Now, if you're a Christian and you you don't want to be biblical, I can't help you. Because if you insist on being fleshy and emotional rather than biblical, then I can't really help you. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't care how you feel. Do what the word says and let your feelings catch up with your obedience. And when you learn how to do that, you'll begin to discipline your, your flesh, your emotions, and, 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 and they'll come in line with the scripture. But don't wait till you feel like going. You go because the word of God says go to that person who offended you. Or that person who you got an all with, or, or they may have an all with you. You may not even know what it's all about, but go, go to them, sit down with them. Amen? Amen? All right, otherwise you're only fooling yourself when you... When you, when you, if you just listen to the word of God, you got to do what it says. All right. So, so, so be a doer of the word and not just a hear. The person who only hears and knows the word of God soon forgets what he's heard. If you're not doing this stuff, you're going to forget it. Okay. If you don't practice what you learn, it soon fades from your memory bank. It's, it's just forgotten. That's what happens. And it, it doesn't become a part of your life. Uh, you like that person. Look at what he says here in verse number 23. Come on, let's go. It says, for if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. Look at 24. You see yourself. You walk away and forget what you look like. You forget that your hair is all messed up. You forget that you have sleep crackers in your eyes. You forget that your makeup ain't all, on, all the way on. I mean, let's, let's, can, I, can I put it in a dull, dull, this is dullology, this is interpretation. You, you, you walk away out of the mirror and you forget that you, you had something green in your teeth. And you need to floss, you need to brush. That's what it says. You forget that you, that, that, that you, 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 you're nasty. You forget that, that you got something that needs to be corrected. Because you've been used to hearing the word, but not even doing it. He says, you see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. Okay? All right? Now, now, um, we hear the word and are convinced of, um, of the word sometimes, but then we, you know, we, we won't do it. Obedience is better than sacrifice, y'all. Okay? Third thing, we, uh, I want you to just put him in your bank. The person who hears and does the word of God is blessed. Okay. The person who hears the word of God and does it is blessed. Now, that's not on your outline. I'm just sharing that with you. The person who hears the word of God 
and does it, that person is the one that's blessed. Okay, so uh, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Third thing that prepares us is uh, preparation number three is we got to bridle and control our tongue. Look at verse number 26. Let's go to 26. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, what are you doing? You're fooling yourself. And your religion is what? It's what? It is worthless. Okay? It is worthless. You know, people say, I, you know, I got good religion. Uh, well, it's, it's more than having good religion. Your religion is worthless. You can't control your tongue. You're only fooling yourself in your religion. It's right there, right? Is that what it says? Okay? Um, so, uh, Look, go with me right quick, if, if you will, um, to uh, Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Verse number 31. And this is a familiar passage, but I want, I want y'all to see it again. As y'all go there, I, I, I'm also looking at Proverbs 13, 13 and 3 says, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that opened wide his lips shall have destruction. Some people talk too much. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking God. That's what Psalm 34 and 13 says. Okay. All right. So look, look at this. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. And slander. Y'all know what slander is, right? Downgrading somebody else's name and character. Okay? Uh, harsh. E- even if you know it to be true, why do you think you got to repeat it? Why not pray for that person? Why not try to go and see if you can help that person get beyond that thing that, that, that you know about? Okay? Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil. What? As well as all types of evil, evil what? Behavior. Verse 32 says what? Instead, be kind to each other. Here's our our blueprint for living. Be kind to each other. What? Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, again, here's what the word says, guys. Now, we got to decide. Am I going to do this or am I going to do what 31 says? Back in 31. See, there, there are folks who in the church who are harsh, they're bitter, they're full of rage, they're angry. When you come into the church, they, they mean mug you. They're not friendly. They talk about people. He says, he says get rid of all that stuff. And 32 is what, is what we want to be. Okay? So if you slandering and talking about people, um, stop it. If you're on social media, posting stuff that is not conducive to who you say you are as a believer and who you belong to, stop it. Stop putting your business and other folks' business out on social media. That's childish. I said that's childish. You're immature. Okay? Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgive one another, just as God through Christ has what? Forgiven you. Now, get back to James right quick. Okay? Uh, so, and the last thing that helped us prepare uh, uh, for trials and help us to prepare uh, for temptation is that when we uh, take up uh, 
our duties to visit the needy and keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Uh, it says pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father. Watch this. Means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Now back up. What does he say? What is what is a pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father? It's what? Caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Okay? That's important for us to do. We gotta we gotta keep ourselves unspotted from the world and we gotta we gotta spend time uh ministering to those who are less fortunate than we are. Okay? That's what God expects from us, okay? So now that, that closes us out on this first chapter in the book of James. Um, and next week we'll pick up uh, in chapter number two with some, some more practical applications for us as born-again believers. Now, again, let's, let's recap. Um, we know it talks about temptation. God, God is not the one who entices us to do evil, right? Because he can't be tempted with evil, neither tempts any man with evil, Okay. But when we're typically drawn away by our own lust. So when those pictures, be, whenever, the, you know, all of us have desires, right? We have, we have desires. But when those desires are focused on the wrong thing or harmful thing, then now it, it, it turns into lust. And lust, when it's conceived, brings forth what? Sin. Sin brings forth death. Right? So we got to make sure that we um, are watching what we watch. We got to make sure that we... Uh, uh, careful about what's playing over and over in our minds. Amen. All right. All right. So so let, let's get ourselves ready uh, to to hear the word listening and doing is critically important. So prepare yourself. Uh, prepare for Sunday. Hold hand with your spouse and y'all pray. Say, pray that Pastor Adam preaches a, a rhema word that will touch the lives of everybody in the church on Sunday. And and that's when, when Sunday's over. Let's go back and review what he said. Let's search the scripture and see if what he said was correct. Uh, and let's let's make sure that we are spending time evaluating ourselves. OK, God wants us to be prepared to receive his word. Let's get ready and let the word do its perfecting work.